Mega is an improvised satire from the staff of a fictional megachurch. We are here, Lord, we are here, and we're ready, ready to podcast. Hiya, I'm Hallie Labonte, and this is Mega the Podcast, coming to you from Twin Hills Community Church, where we are giving our mega church a tiny family feel by introducing you to members of our church staff and community, so you can be blessed by them. What a true treat and a treasure. Ooh. Each week I am joined by my co-host. He's the youth pastor for our high school ministry called Climax. Please welcome Gray Highs, everybody. Well, Hallie, things have escalated. What is up? As you know, last week uh, we ended the episode uh, rather prematurely because, you know, I got a rather threatening voicemail from Glenn Phillips of Toad the Wet Sprocket. Now, if you all are just catching up, uh, Glenn stole a song that I wrote and put it out and then um, called, you know, Walk on the Ocean. I wrote a song called Walk on the Water. Then this other woman uh, wrote some other song, basically, that sounded like my song. Anyway, there's a lot of accusations flying around between me and this guy, Glenn Phillips of Toad the Wet Sprocket. Well, Hallie Wright after I basically at the end of last episode, you can remember I was just like, "Hey, buddy, you can't you can't do that stuff to me." I was very cool, calm, and collected, mm. and I just really laid down the law. Okay, uh, Hallie, I got back to my condo, and my door was broke open, <gasps> and someone has completely ransacked my condo. What? And, oh, yeah. And so, you know, I didn't want to go in because I was like, well, this this guy's dirty. He's probably, uh, you know, going to try to shoot me in the back of the head or something. So what did you do? This is terrifying. Did you call Minga? Uh, uh, no, Hallie, I'm not going to call a lady when something like this happens. What I basically did is I got on my cell phone and, uh, well, I called this woman that lives downstairs for me who's a single mum. And I knew her son, uh, Kyle, was in ROTC. Mm. And so I basically said, hey, bring your M16 up here, your machine gun or whatever they give you, because there is someone in the complex. Sure. He said they don't give us that. Oh, really? Yeah, right. So um, That's a shame. What I did is, you know, I called the police and I got in my car and I was just like, well, it's complete lockdown right now. Who can I talk to? Don't want to contaminate anyone accidentally. Um, so I'm not sure if I've mentioned him before, but my friend Clay Mason Bannerman yeah. lives a few minutes down the road. Yeah. And so I called him. I said, hey, you know, I know we've not uh, been on the best of terms, but if you wouldn't mind, I'm going to sleep in your backyard on your um, – he's got these cool cabanas by his pool. Cool. Sleep in the cabana tonight and just to ride this thing out because I'm not sure if there's someone in my apartment. Sure. And he said, that's fine. Um, of course, there's this other guy that's hanging out right now around there named Gary Sash. Gary Sash. Uh, who, you know, frankly, Hallie, he's just not a good guy. Oh. Um, but he's probably not the kind of guy that's going to break in my apartment and shoot me in the back of the head. Well, like Glenn Phillips. Right. So um, I stayed out on the cabana. I got pretty cold, so then I moved inside later that evening. But, um, yeah, so basically, Hallie, we have a live crime scene at my house right now, and there's no, I can't go back there. The police have basically said you can't. this is now police... There's a police perimeter, so yeah. you can't go in there. Yeah. And so I'm back at Clay Mason's for a while just because I told him, look, 
uh, you know, my, my place is basically an active crime scene. Wow. Well, I mean, I think that's smart to, uh, you're, you're looking out for yourself, safety first, right? Right, completely. Because I, I heard his message last week and he sounded, he said, you're going to dance with the devil. I, right, and he said, watch your back. And I played that voicemail to the police, and oh. they just said, well, we're pretty busy right now. We don't really, you know, have time to, to chase every lead. And I oh. said, well, guys, this is a pretty strong lead. Um, yeah, and you never know. This Glenn Phillips, he could be, as far as we know, he the, the, the actual, like, forces of evil, the prince of darkness could have a stronghold on, on Glenn's life. Well, like, you, you listen to any of the songs backwards, and mm. they say all sorts of crazy stuff. I, I won't do it, but this is what I've uh, – this I, I read this on Reddit. How was your week, Hallie? Oh, you know what? Well, I'm very excited because, you know, the state's opening back up, so I'm able to play pickleball again. Right. Oh, yeah, it is It is opening back up. And um, um, pickleball's outside where we go. Um, Lance, my husband, Lance Labatt, and I, we play pickleball at an outdoor league. Okay. And we have so many friends, and it's so much fun, and we go, and you change p- partners like every 10 minutes. You're right. moving through the kind of thing. And um, Well, I that's have, because people just blow out the ACLs every 10 minutes too, right? And Achilles. Right. And, um... You know, we've got our wiffle balls. I bring my own paddles. Do you know very much about pickleball? Uh, Yeah, it's like slow outdoor ping pong for old people. It's so fun. It's like tennis meets ping pong, and it's a total blast. Right, but a bit slower and... um... Yeah, older. And uh, so I'm playing. We're, we're in a church league, so everyone that plays pickle with us, we're all um, twin hillers. Do you know Matt Rundgren? He's one of our like lead singers and worship oh, leaders. Oh, yeah, totally. Well, I'm par- paired up with Matt Rundgren. Oh, that's cool. I, I like he's got that asymmetrical haircut where the front is longer than the back. I think that's cool. It's, it's kind of so like Chris cool. Gaines. Yeah. You, remember when the Garth Brooks became Chris Gaines? I thought that was so cool. I thought he was so much better. It anyway. was really cool. He was somehow not chubby anymore when he was Chris Gaines. I know. I want to know how he does that, if it's just camera angles or what. But I'm like, give me some of that magic. I know. It's too bad because the music was so much better. So here I am playing pickle. I'm, I'm paired up in a, a partnership with Matt Rundgren. And we're going and we're playing. And I'm playing as hard as I can. I'm not as good a player as he is. But I'm doing my best. And Gray... I could never have foreseen this ever happening. I wouldn't even play pickleball if I even knew this was a potential possibility of happening on a court. But I'm lunging for a ball. And you know how sometimes, like, when you're falling or tripping or something and you're like, oh, I'm going to recover from this. And other times you're like, oh, this is going to be bad. I'm, like, falling really hard. And you have time to think about it while that thing is happening. That's sort of what was happening. It sort of went into slow motion. I'm lunging for this ball. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get hurt. And my paddle, my pickleball paddle goes flying out of my hands and Matt's coming for the same ball and he's right over me and he's kind of, I'm going down. He's coming over me. And for some reason, my hand just reached up. I was just trying to keep from hitting the ground too hard. And I reach up. Where is the last place I would have wanted my hand to rest and grip? Hell? His genitals. Oh, no. My hand just grabbed on. Under the short or over the short? Well, he was wearing some athletic shorts. Oh, okay. But I was just grasping at the air because I'm falling. Right. And of all things, I grab his privates. I was so mortified. He laughed it off. I don't think I heard him. Uh, Because I immediately let go. It's not like I yanked at it and pulled it, you know, toward me. I, I, as soon as I felt the bits and the bobs and the parts, I, I, I released it immediately. I was 
mortified, horrified, totally humiliated. And my husband, Lance Levant, he's two courts away. He had no idea. I just kept apologizing profusely. I said, I'm so sorry. I was so embarrassed I had to go home. And right. I and I was a wreck the entire rest of the day. Oh, I'm so sorry, Hallie. And it's I'm like, what you're covered in hives just speaking about it. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm absolutely devastated. And he laughed it off. He was a good sport about it. He said, it's not a big deal. It's okay. You know, he was laughing. It was fine. And but then he sent me, just to be funny, because you know how funny Matt is, just naturally. And he's got a good, you know, knowledge of the Bible because he's a worship leader. So he emails me and Lance with this Bible reference. He sends us a Bible verse as a joke. Oh, I bet I know what one it is. What one do you think it is? Ezekiel 23.20. No. What's that? She remembered a lover with a penis like a donkey and a flood of semen like a horse. No, it was Deuteronomy 25. Oh, right. Uh, what's that one again? If two men are fighting and the wife of one of them comes to rescue her husband from his assailant and she reaches out and seizes him by his private parts, he shall cut off her hand, show her no pity. Oh, right. So he's just trying to be funny, saying, you know, when a, a wife of another man grabs another guy's, uh, you know, uh, undercarriage, nuts and bolts. Right. You know, his Lincolns and Douglases. Right. His, like, um, you know, his ones and twos. Yeah, you know, his his, his udders and his rudders. His, right. His, his ask Jeeves, you know. I've never heard that. Okay, I think I got it, Allie. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, what he didn't know, just by sending me that Bible verse, just trying to be funny, is that dismemberment is one of my greatest fears. It is? Well, yeah. Uh, when you lose a limb, that's one of the only things that you can't pray for. It's one of the only things that God can't or doesn't heal. All right. Yeah. You brought that up before. Yeah. Well, Hallie, I'm so sorry that happened to you. I will keep you on my constant prayer list. I mean, I walked into my condo. I almost got shot in the back of the head. You grabbed somebody's nickels and dimes and uh, I just, you'll keep you in my prayers. I covet your prayers, my brother. I covet them. Oh, also, before I forget, just because I need some commissary here, um, my kids, they changed the uh, station that I have set in my Lexus and my radio because I always listen to conservative talk radio when I go out, when I go to Pet Boy or when I go to Marshall or when I go to Applebee or Walgreens. I've always, you know, got the radio on so I can stay informed. And my kids changed my conservative talk radio station to NPR. Well, that's the worst thing that's happened to us this week. Hello, friends. We plug the Patreon every week because it really is a lifeline to us. In fact, we have to thank our Patreon supporters so hard this week because we just purchased the equipment we need to keep recording indefinitely in lockdown. And you did that for us. You are literally keeping the podcast going. So thanks for listening and for supporting. It means the world to us. So head to patreon.com slash mega the podcast. You'll get a mega mini episode each week from me and Greg. So let's get back to Hallie and Gray. Just like Jesus said, these three remain faith, hope, and love. I've got nothing but love for our guest today because she gives me faith and hope. Please welcome Kit Rames, everybody. Longtime listener, first time guest. Oh, well, we are so happy to have you because you run a ministry that might be one of the most unique things here. And I think of you as like a like an Indiana Jones kind of adventurer who's out there putting your life on the line to really, um, you know, keep Christians, uh, well, where they want to be. I don't want to say too much. I want you to be able to tell people about it. What I do with my ministry, and it's called Safer Shores, is I shuttle people who are currently residents of Michigan into what I like to call God's backyard, which is Indiana, right? So I do have some people that I have known 
I used to be one of them. We can get into that if you want to. But I like to bring people from sort of what I call the reckless wilderness of Michigan into the safe harbor that is Indiana and specifically our community, right? I would like for you to explain for people who don't know about Michigander's plight right now, there's a female governor that is just really one of these like progressive liberals. What's the story? Yeah, the story is, you know what, I'm not going to argue with any of the adjectives that you just used, because she is, by definition and by scientific terms, a woman. And she is, by voting record, a Democrat. And she is somebody who, I mean, I'm not here to disparage, right? That is not of my faith to speak ill of somebody else. But I will say that she does not uphold the same truth that I would like to live by. And as somebody who used to be lost in that wilderness, I I am eternally grateful that I have stumbled into the light that is Indiana. And I want to make that same journey available for as many people as I can. So just to put a finer point on it, because I'm looking at one of your pamphlets here, and what it says is basically um, you've got uh, you've got this pamphlet and you, you've been putting this around Michigan and it basically says if you if you are looking for safe passage to meet at midnight in the parking lot of a Maya grocery store and that you now and so the people gather at the Maya and what do they do? Once they get there, are they getting in some sort of uh, flatbed truck or a sprinter you, van? Are you, are you putting them um, on, you know, what, how are you actually getting the people across the border right now? Because I've heard it's a pretty difficult thing to do. Oh, I bet it could be like trying to get people out of East Berlin. You got to hide them and put them in suitcases or something. Those liberals, will, they'll sniff you out. That is a highly, highly accurate analogy. Yes. East Berlin is sort of that border of uh, Michiana, if you will. And, you know, uh, Gray, I just want to say shout out for pronouncing Meyer correctly, because a lot of people south of the border will do a real hard J there and they'll say Meijer. And that's when I just know, I just know that they're not from around here. So yeah. And there's a couple of reasons why I chose Meyer. Um, Meyer's 24 hours, right? So it's always well lit. The parking lot is always available. You can always go in and use the restroom if you need to. And right now, Meyer only has two restrooms. Thank you very much. A male one and a female one, right? They haven't crossed over into like, no matter who you are and what you got going on, pick a bathroom, right? They still are down the line, right? It's very easy for me to um, know where I go there. And the second reason I chose Meyer was uh, because of their their pop bottle return. Their pop bottle oh. return. Yeah. And as some of your listeners may not know if they were lucky enough to be born south of the border that um, Michigan charges 10 cents extra for their pop, right? Mm. And then when you're done with your pop, you take it back to a recycling return center and you get that 10 cents back. Yeah, oh. it was just a deposit when you bought it. It was a deposit. That's right. And if you don't go get it back, you're throwing money away. You are throwing money away. But you know what? I, I kind of like the idea of like, will you just trust me to recycle? You don't have to punish me. I don't believe in, you know, a punitive measure before I've even enjoyed my Fago. This is America. Thank you very much. Last time I checked, although I don't know what's happening north of the border there. So if you can gather in that Meyer parking lot, we tell people, bring as many pop cans as you can. Well, you were about to say something about Fago, and I was not mad at you on Fago because I think that's a real special pop. Oh, it's the most special one. Because do you know, tell me, on the count of three, we're going to say our favorite Fago flavor. Are you ready? One, two, three. Rock and Grape. rye. I'm sorry. I've never heard of this. You've never heard of Fago? 
No. They don't have it in Australia? No. Oh, you're missing out. They even have a cream soda. Have you ever heard of cream soda? No. I've, you know, I've actually never tried a soda in my life, but I am, uh, you know, we do have something similar that sounds like Fago in Australia. It's called Dago. And I, I'm not, for some reason, I'm not allowed to say that here because some, you know, people are like, you know, people are sensitive about that. But I, About I, Dago? Yeah. Right. What's wrong with Dago? You don't want to wander into a parking lot late at night being like, who who brought their Dago? Right. I don't know why. I've just never really, I've, I've never really understood that. And I do have to say, Kit, another smart thing that could be your number three is I'm not mad at Meyer's gas prices. So you can uh, fill up the tank before you get out of town, too. That's right. It's one-stop shopping, right? So they, they're going to take care of all of your needs. And uh, for a lot of people, too, I mean, this is where it can get a little sensitive, this is the last thing that they see in Michigan before they leave for Indiana. So we want them to know that everything is there for them, right? All the food that they've grown accustomed to, the gas prices that they know and love. You know, in Meyer, you can go in and get everything from, you know, pot and soil to, uh, you know, um, salt in the winter if you got a de-ice to, you know, a birthday sheet cake. So it's a little bit of everything. And we're asking those people to say goodbye to it. Now, Kit, it sounds like to me that you know an awful lot about Maya. What's your background? Um, oh my, well, yeah, it probably does appear that uh, I am <laughs> doing a plug for Meyer. And it, it was my first job as a teen, oh, right? Because okay. they would hire teenagers um, over a lot of the other big box stores in Michigan would uh, require that you be at least 16. Meyer was willing to look the other way. And uh, they hired me when I was 12 to break down boxes and to um, de-stink the, uh, the recycling, you know, where you put the pop cans, that has to be cleaned out several times a day because a lot of folks don't clean out their pop bottles before they bring them back. Fascinating. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people, I don't know if you know this, the, the original title, the whole title of the store is Meyer Thrifty Acres. Didn't wow. know that. Really? Yeah, that's, that's their original. Because they were, you know, when they opened... That was a novelty. They were like, we've got acres and acres of product. And people were like, prove it. And then they went and they saw that it was true. And so you started working there when you were 12. Yeah. And then when did you end working there? This is my joke. I was lucky enough to get into a bad marriage, <laughs> okay, that brought me to Indiana. Okay. Ditch the guy, kept the state, mm. okay? Right. But I, when I first left Meyer, I was kind of... I was a lost soul. You know, I didn't know if I wanted to go to community college. I didn't know if I wanted to maybe strike out and start a big box store of my own. But I found out pretty quickly that that um, takes a lot of money that I did not have. So um, I started dating a guy and his parents were from Chesterton. You know where Chesterton is? I love Chesterton. Yeah. They have a really, really great um, pit stop there that has lots of different. Um, you got you got your Taco Bell, you got your combination Pizza Hut and Taco Bell. You got good gas prices again. You got all of it. I was gonna say the same thing. That is often our first pit mm -hmm. as we cross over the border Ooh. and introduce people to Indiana. And the reason why we pick Chesterton is it feels familiar. You yep. know, we yeah. pull off that strip. And people say, okay, they do have RVs in Indiana. Yeah, yeah. They do have Shell gas station. Yeah. And you know what? Indiana is not that far away. It might feel like a world away. But, you know, we believe as well that it's not a casserole unless it has mayo in it. And you know what? We're going to uh, put ranch on everything here, too. So you're going to feel right at home. That's right. And, you know, a lot of people say, I don't know that there's a difference. And I say, we'll cross above the border and try living there for a little while and see 
See what rights you have stripped from you. Now, you know, I'm sure it's a crazy culture shock for these people that have been in Michigan their whole lives, and then they come across to Indiana. You know, it's a, you know, probably upwards of a 45-minute crossing where they're lying in the back of this truck. Right. And then they come into Indiana, and they're probably like, okay, I don't really know the culture. I don't re- I mean, they speak the language, but probably barely. And, you know, what? what is it like for them? Well, that, you know... I would say those first four to 14 weeks are the hardest for the refugees. And it's simply because I think a lot of these people make the decision before making the mental leap about what my new life is going to be, right? And I know as Christians, we can all relate to this, right? I'm running and gunning so fast away from the thing I don't want that I haven't spent much time thinking about what I do want. Right. And I love that we call them refugees. I think that's great. Oh, gosh, because the definition is literally, right, to seek other lands that will be fruitful for you, right? To leave your home, to leave the thing that you've known, right, because of great distress, because of, you know, all the great refugees, right? They they are fleeing famine. They are fleeing war. They are fleeing... Um, you know, two state schools that can't figure out who's the better football team, right? And so they're saying, I got to get out of here. I yeah. got to I gotta get somewhere uh, where the world will make sense again, where my kids will be safe, where I don't have to listen to a lady on the television talking about, you know, voting by mail. Yeah. And not knowing if, you know, she could just be hormonal. Let's be honest. You know what I mean? Thank you. And she could be making big time decisions that affect everybody. And um, I'm, you know, who knows if she's going through the change and not even thinking straight. Thank you. I mean, we and we're allowed to say that. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Hallie, if you said that north of the border, you know, there are some people that would have real issue with that. What? Real issue. Well, I'm glad that you mentioned the great refugees because I feel like um, in the States, these are great refugees because... Um, I know that, you know, the teachings of Jesus were a lot about like the poor, the widow, the hungry, the naked. And, and, and I used to think that meant refugees like, um, you know, from, from foreign lands. But I, you know, I learned in the last probably four years or so that the, the refugees coming to our borders from outside the States are wicked, wicked caravans of people trying to bring, you know, their famine and disease toward us. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't want to disparage Michigan, but if they really are turning their backs on God, I mean, you know, maybe this plague is, is, you know, God trying to talk to Michigan. Now, do you know how they got themselves in this pickle, how they got this governor in the first place? Well, listen, you know, what I truly don't understand is when people vote against their own interests, right? right? Right. It's a mind boggle to me. It's a little bit of a pretzel twist in my brain. And I can talk till I'm blue in the face about my family that are still in Michigan and are saying, you know, there are some progressive things happening here. She's got a 71% approval rating. Great. Let's talk about the 29%, right? Mm -hmm. So it's so easy to talk about the bigger number here. What about those forgotten people that, uh, don't feel taken care of. And all you got to do, all you got to do, and listen, I'm going to say something, it might be real controversial, and I, you can just forward the hate mail directly to me. But I'm going to say, all you got to do is look at what's on the other side of that water that surrounds that mitten, and it's Canada. 
Mm. And that mm. is that is some buck wild behavior up there, right? Socialists. Exactly, right? You can get health care, you can they consider it a right and not a privilege. Yeah. It exactly. really is frightening. It's a slippery Exactly. Slip. You know, you can cross a teeny little bit of water. You go from Detroit to Windsor, Canada, and all of a sudden if you're eighteen, you can have a drink and you can leave your door open all night and you're not gonna get shot. I mean, what what is that? Well, Michigan's on their way because I think they have marijuana now. Oh, well, see, thanks to Canada, where everything's a drug and it's all free, apparently. Blame Canada. Now, Kit, I don't want to bring up a sore subject, but you did say that you were in a bad marriage. Is that marriage still happening? Okay. Well, as a Christian, I believe that I am always bound to that man in some way. But, you know, he... um, he is living in Indiana, right? So I th- listen, you got to look at the hard times and you got to say, what did I learn here? That's right. And I learned that living south of the border is is where it's at for me. So I am forever grateful. And you know what? Jesus doesn't see um, different variations of sin. He just sees sin. So you know what? Getting a divorce is a sin, but it's the, it's equal to Jesus to like gossiping. And you know what? I've been known to do that too. And it's all the same. Jesus, it's the, all the reason that Jesus hung on the cross was for just as much for a divorce as it is for somebody, you know, telling a white lie or somebody smoking a cigarette. You know what I mean? It's all, it's all why he hung on that cross. So did you meet him at Maya too? I did. Um, he worked in the meat department. Okay. Hopefully when you were older than 12, age of 12, but. Well, I met, interestingly, I did meet him when I was 12. He was 14, but we didn't start dating until I was 16 and he was almost 18. And gosh, as I'm saying that out loud, that doesn't sound too much better, does it? Huh. Well, was, was he a believer? He was, or he purported to be, right? Mm. So we all know these folks that say, of course I am, and of course I believe, and of course, of course, of course. And then when it comes down to brass tacks, mm-hmm. those aren't the folks showing up every Sunday. That's you know, they're not, they're not, you know, talk is cheap, watch the feet. And mm-hmm. his feet weren't going to church. And so that was a real wake-up call for me because um, you can say what you want to say, but in the end, as you said, Hallie, Jesus is going to give you all the same ranking, whether you're murdering somebody or whether you, you know, smoked a cigarette, like you said. That's right. It's all the same. Now, um, Kit, what was your ex-husband's name? I know Broad Ripple has a wide reach, so I don't want to get too specific because this is my story to tell and I don't want to drag him into it without his permission. Uh, His first name is Eagle. Oh, it's Eagle Van Doren. Oh, my God. Oh, I know Eagle. Oh, yeah. He was in my small group for a while. He's still a butcher. I, I think I get my turkey sliced from him. Yeah, he's still he's still doing his um, his calling. And, you know, God bless. Good for him. And I know that he's remarried now and um, has adopted six kids. Mm. And, you know, that's good for him because that's something that he wouldn't do with me. Um, But we all grow and we all learn. Um, Yeah. And I'm, I'm happy as a clam. It's just such an amazing story, you know. It's like you you met, you met Eagle when you're 12. He's age of 14. You get married, you're 16. He's age of 18. And then you have this amazing, I guess you worked at Maya for quite some time because he just got remarried a couple of years ago, I think. So were you, were you married and working at Maya that whole time? I, no, off and on, off and on. on, I I was uh, what they would call a frequent flyer, right? Because I would leave and oftentimes in a big huff, right? You know, I've had it, you can take this job and I'm out of here. 
I'm going to go work at Lowe's or I'm going to go work at Sam's or I'm going to go work at Costco or I'm going to go work at Kroger, right? I'd make this big production. And, you know, then I would leave and the, you know, the produce was never greener Mm -hmm. on the other aisle, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I would come right back to the people that I knew and I loved. I'd march right back up to those thrifty acres. I'd beg for my job back. And because, you know, by then I had been working there for decades, they would, you know, take me back because they didn't have to train me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel I'm not sure about this, but I feel like Meyer is a Christian store. And I don't even know why I'm saying that other than the fact that I feel like the Walmarts and the big boxes, those are really um, showing, you know, um, kind of the prayer of Jabez type of like uh, the bounty of, you know, you, that, that we are very blessed. And I know, you know, I really appreciate it when you get a Chick-fil-A, when you get a Hobby Lobby where they are very vocal about it. Meyer might not be vocal about it, but... Um, you know, who knows if they know you're running a ministry out of the parking lot, who knows it, you're being a witness to those people where you used to work. Now, I have a question, Kit. You said that um, you were once in the wilderness of darkness up there in Michigan. And I wanted to ask not to get too personal, but did you mean just being a Michigander or did you mean you once were a progressive liberal? Oh, gosh. OK, so. Oh, boy, you guys cut deep here. And I do appreciate that because. If I'm not going to be vulnerable and honest, why am I asking those people to get in a van with me and drive 1.9 hours, right? That's right. So I, um, yeah, I was born into a family. Oh, boy. And you you cannot pick that birth family, can you? That's right. Try try as we may. That's right. Uh, That is not up to us. And my parents, um, God love them, I think that they thought they were doing the right thing at the time, but they would just... You know, they would host parties at our house growing up for progressive candidates. Oh, they would, um, you know, and we would be there as kids. You know, I would be sort of there um, overhearing this talk. We would always have um, political signs in our front yard for, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to say, you know, not the elephant side of the mm-hmm. of the ticket. Mm-hmm. A lot of lot of a lot of donkeys in my past. Or if I might say ass they're asses i know and one of my friends who got real upset with me said you know uh why did the lord then ride an ass you know in Mm -hmm. in his most vulnerable time and i said well if that's your only option yeah that's that's the way you're gonna go right but he didn't have any other options and we now often have two if not three options so pick the right one that's right there was not a barnum and bailey where he, jesus could have gotten on an elephant otherwise i'm sure he would have said very clearly i as the son of god jesus of nazareth am clearly a republican you know what i mean oh for sure i just want to i want to give you a word basket of encouragement kit because being born into a liberal family i just feel like you know we all have our cross to bear and it just honestly makes me so mad because you know you have to get a license to own a gun but they'll just let any liberal have a kid Thank you. Now, Kit, do you ever bring back any fireworks from Indiana back up to Michigan? You could make some money. Because you could probably make some money. I've heard that you can't even buy them there anymore. You can get pot, but you can't get a bottle rocket or a Roman candle? That's sick. You know, there have been some people that have suggested that um, you do what is called dual running, right? So they say to me, Kit, if you're going to... If you're going to turn in pot bottles to get gas money to bring the refugees into Indiana, why don't you pick up some of those fireworks on the border, set up a small stand? And I say, you know, that's that's a lot of work. And 
you know, it kind of feels like robbing Peter to pay Paul. I'm assuming you do these at night. You're driving people in the middle of the night. It's all, you, you, at any point, you could be pulled over. Have you ever been pulled over while you've got refugees in the back of the truck? Yeah, this is a very, very funny and intense story. Now I can look back and laugh. You guys know there is like a rapid succession of tolls that go yeah. through. Yeah. Now, I don't want to be, tra- I don't want to put one of those ticker tracker things in the window that shows up on my credit card and then somebody, you right. know, in the tri state area is saying, why is Kit making 72 trips between? Mm-hmm. Michigan and Indiana in the month of May. I don't I don't need that. So we do all cash, all correct change. Well, we pull up to um, it's the last toll leaving Michigan as you're crossing into the border. And we didn't have the change. We did not have the change. And because it was 330 in the morning, there was not an attendant there. So we had nothing to throw in the basket. I don't have the tracker in my window, so we're just sitting there. Oh, no. We're we're a passenger van of thirty four people, oh. right, sitting there at the toll, and um, a cop pulls up and says, "You know, can I help you? What are you doing?" And I say, "Oh my gosh, we're you know with egg on our face. We don't have change." And he does a quick head count. He says, "There are thirty six people, including the two of you in the front. Nobody has fifty five cents." And you know, I don't want to say to him that all of these people have left their belongings and burned them in the back of the mire, right? In Freeland. I'm not going to say that, right? Oh, that's part of it. You have to burn all your, your belongings. Oh, gosh, yeah. Because you can smell it. You can smell Michigan, right? Uh-huh. You don't want to come across the border smelling like a wolverine. Yeah. No, thank you. And, you know, Jesus said, you know, foxes have dens, but the son of man, you know, has no place to live. You're more Christ-like when you, you know, are kind of footloose and fancy free like that. And, That's you know, right. and starting over, you're coming to Indy now. You're going to be a Hoosier. Burn That's it right. down. So you've got 35 nearly nude people in the back of a passenger van and you're stuck at this cross crossing toll. I'm just, I mean, this is like that movie in glorious B words. I mean, it's just so riveting. So what happened? Well, you know, I had to quickly do a little uh, song and dance number to get out of this, right? And he, he, because he's starting to get suspicious, right? You've just laid out a very precarious, uh, uh, you've painted a picture, Gray. Right. (laughs) And so he's looking at these people and he's saying, what is this? And so I quickly said, "Um, this is a college reunion. We are doing a prank where we have to get from my vacation house in Michigan to her vacation house in Indiana before their spouses wake up, right? So it's this fun thing. And he bought it. Now, Kit, forgive me if this is too personal. And I know that in the eyes of Jesus, if you were ever to remarry, that would be, um, you know, basically uh, you being adulterous um, for, you know, the rest of your life. But have you found love? I fall in love every shuttle run. Oh, I fall in love with at least one naked, scared passenger in my van. And I think it is the vulnerability at play, right? I think we all spend this time cloaking ourselves, trying to put on airs about who we are. And there is nothing more vulnerable than burning your belongings, stripping down completely nude, getting in a van with a complete stranger, and hoping that she has the right toll change to get you to Mm -hmm. salvation. Mm -hmm. You know, I hope that doesn't sound creepy. I think it's just 
that I'm open to it, but I know that it's not God's plan because I botched it the first time and I I ruined that opportunity for myself and that's okay. That's my that's my lot in life. That's my cross to bear. And you know what? I think you're saying, Kit, and sometimes it takes a guy to say this back to you, is what I think you're saying is you're falling in love with the work. It's not even a person that you're seeing. It's that you're actually falling in love with the vision of this awesome ministry that you're creating. And you can go ahead and tell me if I've gotten that right. Gray, I think you have hit the nail on the head. And I feel like you more than anybody and what I know about you and the work that you do with Climax, it is your life, right? And I know so many times people are like, Gray, you are so handsome. You're so eligible. You have so much to give. You're so funny. You're so effervescent. You effortlessly like, you know, you're in groups. You're making people laugh. I know. What and else do they say? They say that you have a, a tight-toned body, that you could probably be a pro athlete if you left this ministry, oh. that you probably, you know, I've heard people say, I wouldn't kick him out of bed. And you, in turn, say, you know, it's there's more than that. There's right. more than that to this life. And I have a full-time relationship, and it is with a bunch of teens. Right. Mm. Oh. Although I am, uh, I am dating someone right now. Uh, her name's Minga. M- Min- Minga. Her, na- her, ma- her name is Minga. Yeah. Minga Kinderbottom. Her name is Minga. Minga. Yeah. M I N G A. M I N. I think it is a G. I think it's a G. And then I think it's an E, but it's got a little accent on it. Oh. Minga. Oh, like, a, Fancy. like an umlaut? You know what, guys? It's, it's pretty early, but we're really serious. Now, Kit, is there any plan, once you get these refugee Christians out of liberal Michigan into conservative Indiana, is there any plan for getting them set up with housing or jobs or anything like that? Oh, no, absolutely not. Kit Rames was played by Kate James. It's no understatement to say she's the most loved person in America, and we are the presidents of her fan club. Ooh, I love her. So check her out in the incredible show, Work in Progress, on Showtime. It is a really important show, if you ask me, and it's hilarious and full of heart. And you can listen to her on one of my favorite podcasts, Hello from the Magic Tavern. Follow her at Kate C. James. That's Kate, C as in Christ, James. Until next time, dear hearts. I'm Holly Laurent playing Hallie Labonte, and Gray Haas is played by Greg Hess. You can follow me at Holly Laurent and follow Greg at Hey Greg Hess. And of course, Mega is on your favorite form of social media, and that is at Mega the Podcast. Email your mailbag questions to Mega the Podcast at Gmail. And for a special spot in heaven, rate and review us on iTunes and support us on Patreon. <laughs>